Hello and welcome to Curdled Ink, one woman's tirade against poor writing and problematic romance. My name is Lee and this is episode 14, chapter 14 of Fifty Shades of Grey. As usual, trigger warnings will be in the episode description and if there are any that I missed, please let me know and I'll be happy to add them. So it's chapter 14. Where are we? So our last chapter ended with Kristen and Anna meeting to talk over the contract and Anna kind of ended up needing some space. She needed to leave early. Kristen was very upset about that. And so Anna is kind of like thinking, you know, can I do this? Can I be in this relationship? I don't even know. So chapter 14 starts with Anna having a kinky sex dream about Christian. Good for her. Of course, here we have, you know, nice, innocent, pure, sheltered Anna waking up and thinking, I didn't know I could dream sex. You didn't? Really? I don't know. I have a hard time believing that. And I, like, this is, I am someone who does not have sex dreams all that often. Like, I am quite a sexual person, but I don't have sex dreams very much. But I find it a little hard to believe that you would not have sex dreams at all until you're 21, 22, whatever the fuck age you're supposed to be when you graduate college. I don't know. I did not do the traditional college route. I don't know about what age you're you're supposed to be for any of this shit. So anyway, she's like, oh my god, I had a sex dream. What the fuck? And then she wakes up more and is thinking about everything that is going on. And on page 235, 233. I can't read my own writing. Anna is thinking, I'm so confused. Kristen's idea of a relationship is more like a job offer. It has set hours, a job description, and a rather harsh grievance procedure. And this just, like, kind of harkens back to when they went on their first date and Anna came out of it being like, I feel like I was just in a job interview. All of which is to say, like, (laughs) that's not really how you should be feeling in a romantic relationship in my opinion. It also just, you know, reinforces what I've been saying all along, which is that actually what Christian wants is not a girlfriend so much as a sugar baby and also an abuse victim, but that's a whole other can of worms. Point being, like, that's a- it's- it's just another indication that Christian and Anna are not compatible, and Anna, if you're feeling this way, if you're like, wow, this does not feel like a relationship, it feels like a job offer, listen to that instinct maybe get out of there. It's just, you know, there are all these little, like, signals and signs that you should be paying attention to at the beginning of a relationship to see if it's right for you. And one of uh, the big ones is like, does this feel good? Is this a situation that I want to continue to be in? Sounds like maybe not, Anna. So she's, she's thinking about being his submissive and she's like, you know, it's, it's the, the, canes and whips that really freak me out. She says, physically, I'm a coward. So tell him that, first of all. Communication. That's what it's all about. That's what it's always been all about. Second of all, physical punishment, pain play, does not have to be part of the submissive experience, even if you are in a dynamic that involves discipline. There are all kinds of other ways 
to discipline a submissive if they do not want to get pain involved. There is nothing saying that you, just because you are submissive, need to have pain as part of your dynamic in any way, shape, or form. Now, third of all, Christian kind of seems like he claims he's not a sadist, but it sort of seems like he really wants to have pain play as part of his, you know, kinky relationship. So, Anna, I'm speaking to you now, but anyone else who needs to hear this, I'm also speaking to you as well. If you go to your dom and say, hey, I don't want to play with pain play, like, you're dom then has the perfect right to say, okay, well, that's a deal breaker. I need to be, you know, I need to have pain play as part of my relationship. So this is not going to work for me. So yet another incompatibility (laughs) is all I'm going to say. But like, really, like there is no, I've said this a million times by now, I feel like there are no hard and fast rules. There is no act. There is no protocol. There is nothing that you have to do in order to be a quote-unquote good submissive or to be, you know, the right kind of submissive or whatever, because, you know, there's no such thing. There's there's as many ways to be as submissive as there are submissive people in the world, right? So if pain play is not for you, fine, that's not part of your submissive play, but there are also are going to be doms out there who absolutely need to be involved in pain play, and that's fine. Like, that's valid as well. It's it just, all it tells you is that this is not the right dom for you, this is not the right relationship for you, all that all that good stuff. So anyway, the big event that's happening in chapter 14 is that it's graduation day for Anna. Yay! Christian is handing out diplomas. He is a, you know, he's donated a big enough amount of money to this college, basically, that they were like, hey, do you want to hand out diplomas this year? So he shows up to the graduation wearing the gray tie that he has tied Anna up with twice now, which strikes me as crossing a line because, again, the last time they spoke, Anna was like, I need space to figure out if this relationship is right for me. And now Christian is like, you know, it's it's basically the equivalent of her emailing him to break up and him immediately coming over to seduce her. Like, he is doing everything he possibly can to try to, like, quote-unquote, win her back, which is gross. Like, the more respectful thing to do would have been to wear literally any other tie and just, like, give her the space that she specifically requested and let her come back to you when she's ready. And I get it. That's difficult. If you're really infatuated with someone and they ask for space, that can be really hard to, to, to respect. I get it. Like, <laughs> I've been there. But, like, don't show up wearing what has essentially become a sex toy between the two of you. Like, that's that's just, that's gross. That's over the line. So there are these two girls sitting next to Anna who are like, ooh, that's Christian Grey. He's hot. Is he single? And there's another moment of just, like, heteronormativity and everyone being jealous of everyone else who is, like, slightly quote-unquote competition for anyone that they're interested in. So one of the girls says, must be Christian Grey. The other one says, is he single? I bristle. I don't think so, I murmur. Oh, both girls look at me in surprise. I think he's gay, I mutter. Yeah, um, so that was Anna, like, quote-unquote, chasing these girls off, which, again, like, 
just, you just need to chill out. Like, he's already expressed interest in Anna in all sorts of ways. And even if not, like, he needs to be free to choose who he's going to pursue. And, like, he does not need you to chase these girls off or like defend him from your competition or whatever the fuck like it's all it's it's just so possessive and toxic and I know that when it comes to possessive and toxic Anna has nothing on Christian but it was just another one of those moments that just made me cringe so Catherine gives the valedictorian speech and Anna is hella gay at her Uh, I mean, uh, proud of her friend, who she definitely only has platonic feelings for. Then Christian gives a speech that kind of hints at food insecurity and, and him, like, going hungry as a child before he was adopted into the Grey family. So this is kind of starting to reveal his issues, his traumas around food. So when the ceremony is over, Christian has Kate go fetch Anna. He then locks them into some back room in the school to talk to her, which is not okay. Incredible, like I would feel incredibly unsafe if this man was like, okay, come backstage right now. We haven't spoken since yesterday. I'm going to lock you in this room until you talk to me. That's gross. He demands to know why she had, why Anna has not returned any of his emails since yesterday. The last time they spoke was yesterday. And she specifically said she needed time to herself. She needed space to think. That was yesterday. Bro, chill the fuck out and let her be her own person for five fucking minutes. I am begging you. So as his like excuse of why he's so furious that she has not emailed him back, he he was talking about how like her car is a death trap and he never heard back from her if she like died in a horrible accident or whatever. And Anna's like, okay, it's fine, dude, chill. Jose like does all the service and everything on my car. So like I trust him. So it's just this very brief mention that she like has interacted with Jose before and Christian is just so angry about that and and so and like okay I understand that he walked in on Jose sexually assaulting Anna a little while ago and like yeah that might give me a few feelings as well but ultimately it is Anna's choice whether or not she continues to interact with Jose and she has chosen to remain friends with him so take a fucking chill pill dude Christian then demands to know by tomorrow whether or not Anna is going to stay in a relationship with him and be his submissive. And again, like, like, dude, chill. Like, this is a huge decision for her. This is, she's going so far out of her comfort zone for you right now, or, or she's considering it at least. Like, that's a really fucking big deal. Just, like, let her take her time, okay? This is not the kind of decision that you want to be rushed into making. You need to be able to think it through and, like, do any research that you want to do and, like, really make sure that this is the relationship you want to be entering into. (sighs) But, of course, he can't 
do anything on anyone else's terms but his own. He then insists on being introduced to Anna's stepdad, who is at the graduation with her, and all kinds of slut-shaming ensues. She's like, what are you, am I supposed to introduce him as, you know, introduce you as the man who deflowered me? Like, she literally says the word deflowered, and, and my soul just shriveled up and died a little bit. Like, you can call him your friend, you can call him your boyfriend, it's fine. You are two consenting adults who had sex with each other. Chill the fuck out. Like, please, work through your issues before you get into a relationship, let alone a kinky one. Like, if you are this sex negative right out the gate, like, yeah, that's gonna cause some problems when you get into more, you know, taboo kinky shit. So they leave the back room, they go mingle with everyone, Kate comes over and introduces Christian as Anna's boyfriend without any, you know, previous discussion of the fact that she's gonna do that, no warning to Anna that that's gonna happen, which is not okay. On a slightly unrelated note, page 242, Kate comes over and introduces Christian to Anna's stepdad as Anna's boyfriend, and everyone is shocked, and Anna says, I think my subconscious has fainted, and in my previous read-through of these books, I had left all these, like, highlights and notes and stuff, and my note there is, thank god, someone stab her while she's down. So, you know, my feelings about her subconscious were about the same then as they are now. Cool. So then Kristen and Anna are eventually kind of left alone to talk for a little bit, and Anna says that she wants hearts and flowers, which is kind of the the shorthand that they've been using to mean like a more quote-unquote traditional romantic relationship. And Kristen says, but it's not what I know. And he just, like, I just, he sounds like such a whiny baby when he says that because Anna, like, is so fucking sheltered and and beyond vanilla like and she is taking this leap oh yeah spoiler alert because she eventually agrees to try this this relationship out with christian so she is like taking this massive leap into this thing that she knows nothing about to try out kink and to try out bdsm for you christian for you specifically because of you and you're over here like but i've never taken a girl to the movies i don't know how to do it that sounds hard like shut up come on she is trying she is going so far out on a limb for you the least you could fucking do for her is take her out on a few dates like come on put in some fucking effort bro this is like this book's equivalent of a guy who like moves into a girl's house and immediately forgets how to use a fucking washing machine because he's lazy and can't be arsed to do fucking the bare minimum of helping out around the house you know what i mean she is putting so much effort into this you can put a little bit of effort into it for her too i promise you and anna if he doesn't get the fuck out of there because that's not the grounds to have a relationship on. Like, if you, if one person is putting in this monumental amount of effort into the relationship and not getting any effort back from the other person, like, fucking run. That's so unhealthy, and it's not gonna get any better, I promise you. Like, just 
cut your losses and get the fuck out of there. Anyway, PSA to all people. Like, if you're working your ass off in a relationship, that's fine as long as the other person is also working their ass off, you know? Like, that's, that's the TLDR of my rant right there. Oh yeah, and then Christian says, so Christian says, it's not what I know, Anna, I'm, I'm like not even reading off the page because I'm lazy, but Anna says something along the lines of, well, neither do I, like, I've never had a relationship either. Christian says, you don't know much, which, first of all, bro, shut the fuck up, come on. There's, there's no need to make fun of her for being inexperienced, like, who, it's fine, who cares? Second of all, she says, she responds with, well, you know all the wrong things. Once again, shut the fuck up, bro. Beating BDSM kink is not wrong in any way. It's just a different style of relationship. Like we, the last thing you two need to be doing right now is shaming each other's relationship experience. Like, come on. So anyway, she agrees to be Christian's sub and then she goes out to lunch with her stepdad, Ray. He drops her back home that evening and she kind of gets overwhelmed from like everything that's just happened that day and he immediately offers to make her tea and Anna is thinking about how like Ray's solution to everything is just making tea and I wanted to bring this up because I feel like this is the most like egregious example so far but there have been all of these little like British-isms that have slipped into this book from the beginning basically just like in terms of word choice in terms of you know in this case like a whole ass character trait that is just I find it difficult to imagine this, like, otherwise completely all-American dad who, like, is incredibly awkward about expressing himself and, like, loves fly fishing and sports or whatever, just, like, making tea. <laughs> like, that's a very British trait. And I know, like, E.L. James, the author, is British, so I understand that it's, like, difficult to get all of these little, tiny, like, subconscious cultural things right, but, like, there are are so many instances in this series as a whole where I'm like, yep, this was written by a British person. Like, these little moments are just incredibly British and kind of detract from the experience, kind of take me out of the experience a little bit. I don't know, maybe I'm being picky, but I just feel like a little bit more effort could have been put in, maybe to even, like, just read a few stories written by American authors, like, set in modern America, just to get a little bit bit more of this into the swing of like Americanisms. <laughs> I don't know. But of course, E.L. James did not put that much effort into this story. So here we go. We get an all-American dad who makes tea all the time. Sure. Why not? So anyway, she says goodbye to her stepdad and emails Christian and they agree to meet that very evening to discuss the soft limits because they did not discuss them at dinner the other night. And she still has those like ridiculously expensive first edition books that Christian gifted to her at the beginning of the book. And she's like, I can't keep these. I'm giving them back to him tonight. So she like wraps them up and writes a quote from uh, one of these books on the paper. And I'm going to read it to you because it's what ends the chapter and I think it's I think it's the kinkiest line that has appeared in this series so far. It reads, I agree to the conditions, Angel, because you know best what my punishments ought to be. Only, only, don't make it more than I can bear. 
Like, that's so fucking kinky. Oh my god. I just, it just made me happy, so I wanted to share. And also, like, do I need to read Tessa Thunderbergles? Maybe? Maybe I need to get into some classic English literature. Maybe it's a little kinkier than I thought. I don't know. So yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like this is a really fucking short episode this week. Yeah, not a huge amount happens in this chapter. It's kind of just, it's it's like a quote-unquote filler, except actually it's like really plot-heavy, but it's not very kink-heavy, so I don't have a whole lot to comment on. <laughs> so that's fun. But anyway, yeah, that's chapter 14. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I have any announcements to like wrap up with. I have posted the first of the monthly original erotic for August. Support me on Patreon to check that out if you want to. There will be another one in September, and so on and so forth. Thank you so much for listening to this latest rant. My name is Lee, and you can find my non-sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash artist. You can find my sex work social media and, you know, selling sites, etc. at allmylinks.com slash candykitten. This podcast can be found at allmylinks.com slash thecurdledpod, and be sure to check the episode description for the spellings on all of those links. Speaking of which, you can find this podcast's Patreon at that last All My Links link, where you can support the podcast monthly in return for some fun exclusive content, including that original written erotica that I just mentioned. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or want to make a one-time donation not through Patreon, you can get in touch with me at curdledinkpodcast at gmail.com. I have plenty of other payment methods, trust me. If you can't, don't want to, or don't feel comfortable supporting me monetarily, and I continue to understand late-stage capitalism continues to be hell, please rate and or leave a review on your podcatcher of choice, or tell a friend, write a blog post, do whatever you want to do to spread the word about this humble podcast. That would be so much appreciated. Like, seriously, word of mouth is such important advertising for podcasts. Like, it helps so much. <laughs> Our logo is by Reese Jones at tearlessrainart.com tumblr.com and until next time remember your rack that's risk aware consensual kink bye shuffling my stuff around here. Hey, uh, fuck. Yeah, let's, uh, let's do a closing spiel. You can get in touch with me at curdled... Cur- pit, pit, pit.